He did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. He did the mash. It caught on in a flash. He did the mash. He did the monster Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to your favorite one-stop shop for true crime stories, horror news, and real-life tales of the unexplained. Monsters at Midnight, brought to you by the Zima Podcasting Network. If you are listening to us, uh, be sure to check out our Facebook page, Instagram page, and you can always shoot us an email at monsters.midnight, spelt incorrectly, at gmail.com. We are on Anchor, of course. Uh, we are also on Spotify, iTunes, and the homepage, ZemaPodcastingNetwork.com. We are now mobile-friendly as well. Excuse me. I'm your host, uh, your favorite escaped madman, loose on the airwaves, terrorizing your eardrums, Matt Schaefer, and joining me of always, <laughs> joining me of always, joining me as always is the Crypt Keeper herself, rattling at your chamber door, once upon a midnight dreary, Yolanda DiMaggio. How are you tonight? <laughs> I thought you were gonna do, you weren't gonna do the joke anymore. <laughs> Yolanda it, DiMaggio. It's Jolene Dormady, everyone. That's my name from now on. <laughs> no, no, it's I've jo- become a new person. Jo- <laughs> Rebranding. Jolene. That's a it's a good name for you though. I like it. Jolene. I mean. It's great. I'm, just, I'm doing so good. I saw two brand new movies today, which we're is- gonna talk about. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> Fresh in my brain. I don't even have to take notes. Yeah, she has no notes. So no we'll see notes. how this goes. Terrible. Already Probably. Yeah, it's, it's already, it's terrible. always an already a mess. I forgot your name. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> um, um, be sure to love us. Oh, where was I going with this? Oh, I... <laughs> I remember I remember where I was going with this now. Um <laughs> Mondays we are always doing horror movie trivia 5 to 9 at Sabatic in Walker's Point in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Ooh. Monday the what? And you're going to go into it. So never mind. I was going to be like, "Hey, let's plug the 28th." Yeah, it's Monday the 28th thing. is going to be a whole thing. Um Monsters at Midnight Mash. If you will, <laughs> um, we're doing punks and horror. Punks so. and horror is the theme for the trivia. Expect to win some prizes, maybe some swag that you can rip. We're gonna have merch. Yeah, and merch. Uh, I'm also <laughs> making treat bags. If I have we got treat that bags, yet, I'm you really can excited about you it. could win a movie. Even yeah. uh, it'll be a lot of fun. I will be not sober, <laughs> so I'll be. I won't be for the second half. We'll be there from 5 p.m. until, until I am ready to die. But we're doing <laughs> a special hangout sesh at 10:30 p.m. This is an extra special yeah. time because I will be back from behind the bar and getting schwasty pants. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! Nice. Yeah. Uh, um, should I give away what movies we're doing yet or no? Okay, so we are. I forgot going. to mention Graham's here. Oh, Graham's here. Hi, Graham. <laughs> Graham's always here. Flipping those knobs. Flipping those knobs. Mm, that's not. That's not how it goes. Flipping the switches. Twiddling those knobs. I, I've never said twiddling <laughs> the knobs, but I should. <laughs> no, it's always flipping the knobs and pulling the switches, which uh, doesn't make sense. It should be the pulling switches. the knobs. Flipping the switches and <laughs> twiddling. <laughs> This is going to translate well if this video makes it to air. I'm disgusting. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so the movies, movies we're going to watch. Uh, in no particular order yet, uh, Return of the Living Dead, The Lost Boys, Repo Man, Green Room, uh, Class of Newcomb High, Class of 1984, 
and Terror Vision. And I think that's it. That was eight, right? Sure. Missing uh, was I supposed to be counting? Because I wasn't. Uh, it's probably. Oh, and Night of the Demons. If I did, yeah. if I forgot that. I don't also think Night you said that one. Um, I think that's it. It'll if be a ton of fun. Come in costume, be, too. We have an event page up. I'll be announcing movies eventually on there, too. Yeah. We're going to have a, another flyer coming out and stuff like that. It's a, it's a fun time. It'll be fun. We're going to get choicey pants. Super cheap booze. I think after uh, nine, instead of like the crazy awesome happy hour deal we have, we have like two dollar tall boy Schlitz, which isn't bad. So I'm in there like yeah. swimwear. Yeah. Come in costume too. What? Yeah, come in costume. I'm dressed. I'm recycling my trash costume. <laughs> I think you used that I, I joke. Didn't, I didn't mean to. That's the thing. It's like cause I'm. I'm actually recycling. I'm just reusing my trash costume from last year. It's not a joke. It's my life. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> He'll be there. I'll be Nicolas Cage from Mandy on crutches. And yeah, so lock your doors, bolt your windows, turn out the lights. Monsters at motherfucking midnight rides deep into this pumpkin patch that we call October. Oof, yeah, you sound excited. Mm, yes. Ooh. Okay, now you actually do sound excited, and I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> I can't do anything right. <laughs> um, Joanne. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, okay. We both recently saw... <laughs> both recently saw some movies, to, uh, one of which our viewers will probably expect, and the other which maybe not so much, but it's a hot-button topic for today's society because we live in one of those. A society. It's Joker. You there see you how I, I pulled oh, it around? Yeah. Nice. We saw Joker. She literally saw it a few hours ago, Indeed. and I saw it a couple of weeks ago. And guess what, folks? We both liked it. Yeah, it's like the first time that's happened in a million bazillion years. I don't think that's true. No, it's well, not it's true. Probably true. It's rare though. It's few and far between. And we were both like, I was fucking pumped when I left the theater, and I like, I went into it expecting like to be disappointed because of all the hype and because mm. like you know people have just been spouting off left and right about incels and whatever and <laughs> yeah. i'm just like you know it, the, the, i don't know the way like shows like you feel for them but like i like relatable villains and i don't feel like this is necessarily being like hey if you have mental illness just go around and kill people who feel much better you know i i don't know I could see how someone could interpret it that way. Yeah. Maybe. Um, I don't know. I've also haven't seen it in a, a couple weeks now, so it's not as fresh in my memory. Right. But I, it, it would like, well, before we get into all that, uh, for those of you that are unaware, Joker uh, is a film. It's an origin story about the famous DC Comics Batman villain, the Joker. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix plays. Arthur Fleck, a struggling yeah. what? I'm sorry, he just did so good. He did amazing. He played a plays a struggling stand-up comedian who has to deal with his own personal demons and a world around him that is slowly crumbling because you know it's Gotham City and nothing is ever good in Gotham City. Uh, in the words of Prince, all is well in Gotham City. The sound of terror is all you hear. That's from the uh, the Batman soundtrack. That sounds about right. Um, but yeah, we both liked it. Jolyn, where are your thoughts on Joker? Oh uh, well, I directed like, by Todd Phillips too, by the way. Uh, the 
the what hangover, else did he do? Thank you. hangover, due date, and something else big because that I'm forgetting. I think he did all three of the hangover frankly, movies. This, this fucking movie was so beautifully done. Like, I was just like... It is a gorgeous looking movie. Well, and the sound design was just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, well, just like the use of like other artist music for one and then whoever the composer was i was just like this is making me feel things you yeah. know and i'm a sucker for sound design as i've mentioned before because i hate like jump scares but i love when like climactic things happen and it makes it you like feel things that was happening left and right in this movie mm-hmm. and i was a huge fan um but also i was not aware that fucking joaquin phoenix lost so much weight for this role i don't know if i just he looks rough in that movie yeah he's pulling a christian bale yeah bale now i guess skin and bones by the way this is a pretty heavy movie so this will be probably a spoiler discussion in general it's been out long enough Mm -hmm. if you haven't seen the movie and still want to definitely check it out it is worth a watch yeah um, but there's a, l- it is a beautiful movie, but it's one of those movies that like, it's just packed so tight with content that I feel like we'll just need to jump right into spoiler territory right, right away. So I'm just forewarning you, if you don't want it spoiled, then maybe skip ahead or come back when you have seen it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt no, you. No, that's fine. Um, I guess like also I felt kind of bad watching this whole movie because I used to work the door during open mic comedy night mm-hmm. and i was just like seeing all these struggling fucking comics all the time and always giving them shit it is painful week. like yeah. it is a it is a truly soul-sucking scene yeah, when well he, and it's just it's so fucking sad because he's trying so hard yeah. and it's just like oh yeah funny. And le- but yeah um because it's an interesting twist with this incarnation of the joker he has a uh a uh like a cerebral condition where he compulsively laughs at inappropriate times. So the Joker's trademark laugh comes from not necessarily moments that he thinks are funny, which is an interesting and creepy idea that the film does some pretty interesting and creepy things with, too. Well, it's like, I like that about it. And like heartbreaking, too. Yeah, because it's like... You know, you're, you, poor dude's just, like, fucking tense as fuck, and then he's laughing. And so, of course, when he starts murdering people, it's like, that's his immediate reaction. And it's like, I think people probably assumed that he was just laughing because he's, like, you know, fucking killing people and crazy. But mm-hmm. in this, it's like a nervous tick. So it's almost like, oh, no, maybe he didn't want to kill that guy. And he yeah. just had to, you know, whatever. But it's, I don't know. I, I like this take on it a lot. And I think, like, I like having a sort of serious backstory to go with it because it's, like, it's not very... I don't know how similar it is to the comic books, but it was an enjoyable fucking movie. It, it shares some similarities to The Killing Joke, but The Killing Joke is more... It's dark, it's, right? It's dark, but it's also simultaneously, it results in a very theatrical and over-the-top Joker. And mm-hmm. of course, that's the comic book where you find out that like he fell into a vat of chemicals, and that's right. why his hair and skin changed. And in this, of course, you see it from the trailers and from the poster even, that look that he dons is the final joker look mm-hmm. which i thought was kind of cool too yeah because when they first teased it i was worried like we're just going down the heath ledger route like it's a little different though it's, it is different enough and of course joaquin does a lot of interesting and new things about with it which is entirely what jesus <laughs> i'm so sorry i thought i did it already 
Um, but anywho. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? No, yeah, it was definitely uh, nothing like Heath Ledger's performance. No, not at all. Which I thought was, and of course, everyone in this movie was really fucking good. Robert De Niro, too, yeah. had a lot more screen time than I thought he was going to. He plays, like, a late show host in this world of Gotham City. Can I get into, like, the political aspect, too? Oh, yeah, cool? absolutely. Because that, like, was maybe my favorite part. Because I remember we were kind of talking about spoiler time. Bruce Wayne's parents being yeah. killed at the end. And, yeah. Um, yeah, because Thomas Wayne is a big part of this, too. Mm-hmm. Like I said, there's really, there's no way to discuss this without going into spoiler right. territory, because I've got some things to say. But, uh, so. I mean, what I like about it is because, like, watching previous Batman movies, I always just sort of thought, like, why the fuck would anybody get behind Joker and, like, help him do shit? But with this political backing thing where it's, like, him going after people in power and stuff mm-hmm. like that, people are, like, kind of shitty with their power. It's like, dude, fuck yeah. I could see people getting behind a guy like that. I would fucking get behind a guy like that, which is maybe not. Maybe I shouldn't say that on air, but maybe. Mm. I might. I might. You know? Jolene's an incel confirmed. (laughs) But I just mean, like, politically, it's like, even though he wasn't actually purposefully, like, sending that message, it was, like, assumed that that's what his message was, and that's what sparked the fucking killing of Thomas Wayne, right? And then, like. Thomas and Martha Wayne. Yeah. Yeah. It's what prompted that killing, and, like, it also is how fucking Joker keeps getting free is because he has these people who are, like, totally behind him because they're just like, no, we like your message, guy, and he's just sort of like, okay, I'm going to go with this. Cool. And I don't know. I just I kind of love that aspect of it. I feel like that it brings a lot more to the table with that. Yeah. Um, I wasn't crazy about that aspect. Um, Here's the thing. Jesus, you were a mess tonight. I'm not even drunk. Yeah. I wish I was. I had to have excuses. There not. you go. Um, here's my thing. Um, I did really like this movie. Um, just quick bullet points, pros and cons I had with this movie, because I think you still liked this movie more than I did, because God forbid we actually agree on anything, like, inherently all the way that's fair um all the pros i had with this movie is it is gorgeous it mm. sounds great so everyone pretty. in it is great it is so a f- oh yeah it was a f- it's a phenomenal psychological thriller like i was on the edge of my seat for a lot of the scenes it is also a really good hearkening back to movies like everyone talks about taxi driver and the king of comedy but it's even a good hearkening back to movies like death wish mm-hmm. and uh william lustig's maniac just those like seedy kind of grimy sort of thrillers that you could realistically this obviously has a lot more polish and thought put in into it than a lot of 42nd street cinema but it's definitely hearkening back to that sort of idea even though this takes place in 1981 and a lot of the movies I referenced came out much, much earlier than 1981, how, regardless. Yeah. Um, I love, like I said, I love how suspenseful this movie was. Um, the, and cause like any story that tells a suspenseful story, I think is a okay in my book. That's why we're talking about it on the show. <laughs> the negative aspects I had with this movie actually, it's weird because like I, I go back and forth a lot on my feelings on this movie because 
some days I'm like, you know what? That didn't bother me. And then like the more I think about it, I'm like, eh, I wish we could have handled that differently. Um, because my whole thing, you bring up the political aspect. It is interesting. And the riot scene at the end is really cool and really well shot. But the whole thing with, it, it kind of seemed like they were going in two different directions. And I think it's because this film is a little overwritten. Uh, meaning in the regards that like throughout the entirety of the movie, Joaquin Phoenix is trying to figure out his life, figure out like its meaning. And then like, he has this moment where he's like, you know what? Everything's a fucking joke. And I don't believe in a goddamn thing. And he basically says that verbatim. And then when he gets on the Robert De Niro talk show, he's like, Oh no, I'll tell you what it's all about. And it's like, well, which is it? Like, are we going to have like a pure nihilistic anarchist joker? Or are we going to have the, we live in a society joker? And well, I, I think he might've just rolled with it because like, he sort of snapped when he realized that they were still just making fun of him, you know? I think and that's why I go back and forth because like, I do like the take on the character, but it's also one of those things where it's like, well, like pick your, pick your direction here. Yeah. Um, the other problems I had with the movie are more just things inherently with the plot. Uh, big spoiler here, his girlfriend that he meets turns out to be Tyler Durden and I don't think that was very necessary. It was just like... Wait, what? The Zazie Beats character. His right. girl. Oh, okay. So for a moment I was like, Tyler Durden, what the fuck is he talking about? And then the connection. She's not it. real. I get it now. I'm, and I'm it's there. like... <laughs> it took me five minutes, but I'm here. They at least wrap it up early enough where it's like, okay, I'm glad we didn't have that reveal at the end. But it's still like, did we really sad. need that reveal? It made you sad. Is that what you said? It did. It made me sad. I didn't care for it. I didn't. I well, thought. it's like part of me was just because like people were relating this movie with the incels so often where I was like, see, he gets laid. It's fine. Yeah. And then now it's not fine. He didn't no, get laid. Yeah. And so. then, well, yeah. And that's the other thing, too, is like it goes back and forth between being like this weird, dreamy, surreal Scorsese type picture where it's like, did any of this actually happen? But then like simultaneously, like they're answering all these questions like, no, she's not real. Yes. Your mom's insane. Yes. Everyone hates you. Like every, and every, I know a lot of people and like you, obviously it's a piece of art. It's a piece of fiction. You can still interpret it any way that you want, but the way I interpreted it, everything felt a little too cut and dry for it to be like, was it all in his head? Like when he's at the end, he's standing on the cop car and everyone's celebrating him. And oh, yeah. it's like, I, think that happened yeah maybe it, i don't necessarily but, it could have not have. but that's the thing like i think it did obviously the the finale the final scene where he's in the the arkham mm -hmm. a lot of that i think is a dream sequence but like well it could also be uh where like could be up for debate that people were ridiculing him as much as he thought Right. You know? Well, and also, well, I guess then that leads to the question, because it said he was in uh, solitary confinement before. Did he ever leave solitary confinement? So many questions. So I guess there are questions, but, like, in the context of the movie, I think the reason why it, like, always felt so cut and dry to me, because, like, it still did comic booky things, like, 
I, I, I get it. It's a studio film and a Batman movie, so you had to have the Batman origin in the, there. But I thought it was, I thought it was cool that it tied back to the Joker because, like, I loved that aspect of the Tim Burton uh, Batman film where a young, young Joker kills Bruce Wayne's parents. I love that connection. So it was cool seeing that back here. But the scene just felt so rushed, and like, it was like one of the in my opinion, one of the lazier attempts at doing this scene, like there was no emotion felt. And I think a lot of that comes down to the kid they got to play young Bruce Wayne could have just been a sack of potatoes. Like he was not good. You see him a couple of times and he is not interesting. Yeah. Well, I just, I honestly think like you weren't supposed to really have much of a relation with the Waynes. I think that was the whole point was you're supposed to like see everything. But if they want this to be, if they want to continue this at all, which it's Warner Brothers and DC, I'm sure they do at they some point. But it would probably still be from the Joker's perspective then. Well, then maybe that'd be cool too. Well, I just I, I just wish they would have like had this been totally about the Joker. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess I just I I like it, but just because of the fact that like to me it's less of like, oh, this is a Batman movie and more of like this is a political statement and him just like sort of like not even necessarily actually meaning to be political and then just sort of like rushing into it because that was like the first way that he felt any support mm-hmm. and then suddenly like fucking dude who doesn't even know him kills the one guy who shit talking on air it's like right. it made it easy like it made it as a standalone film more interesting and that's fair I don't disagree with that. I just think, because I, I think I'm more of a Batman fan than you are. You are. You are. So, I don't know shit about Batman, honestly. Well, that's, then that's fair. And see, <laughs> and that's why, like, when I saw that scene, I, like, rolled my eyes because it was like, we, we've seen that scene so many fucking times, and I've seen that scene done much, much better. Mm. And, like, it's not like it's bad or not necessarily done poorly. It just felt kind of lazy. Like it almost felt like a studio note where it's like, whoa, 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 I've made it through this whole Joker scene and where the fuck is Batman? I don't know what is happening. And so Todd Phillips was like, all right, fucking dude shoots Thomas and Martha Wayne. Well, maybe it was supposed to almost feel like an afterthought because it like, it wasn't the Joker. It was somebody else entirely. Somebody that he doesn't even really know. Well, and that's why and I wish it wasn't in the movie. Well, like, just, you could still have Thomas Wayne be in the movie, but then, like, yeah. leave the Batman origin aspect out of the film. Yeah, I feel like people probably could have put two and two together. Yeah. But I felt like at the time, it, it kind of worked. I felt like it was sort of like... Uh, it was almost like, you know, you're, you're relating to this Joker character, and you're watching these people all sort of, like, support him... And go crazy uh, to the point where they actually kill somebody that he has grievances with. You don't even know if he would actually ever kill Wayne himself. Right. And then suddenly you think about all the things that fucking Batman does later on where it's like the Joker is committing some crime and then fucking Batman's ready to beat his ass in. You're just like, fuck, dude. Like, none of this would have even happened if, like, this one person who just agreed with the joker went off on his own thing and killed that dude's parents right it's like it wasn't even his fault <laughs> like well, it's not even it's yeah. almost not even relevant to him and that's sort of how it felt in the movie yeah i just i don't know you know it's okay. uh, i mean yeah, i we just can, I, do, I don't i don't know i don't know what else to say um i did like the movie in general like i'm i was a Same. big fan it was um super fun. 
I, I Maybe enjoyed not it. Maybe fun is the right word. No, yeah, it's it's a dark. That's the thing it's too. It's like things. I love the seeing the posters like the Elmo Draft House is warning parents that the Joker is too intense for kids. It's like fucking this R-rated movie. Never would have guessed. Well, it's just like everybody when the, it was like when Deadpool came out and like people were taking their kids, even though it was like an R-rated movie. Well, that's the thing is, it's, it's like oh, it's a superhero. Movie. Well, yeah. that's the thing parents is are like stupid apparently. Well, I mean, that's the thing too is like, th- yeah, I mean. This also isn't. I don't know where I was going with that. I don't know. God, we're just we're on a roll today. <laughs> it's just, yeah, no, it's a fucking it's an intense ass movie. Um, if you are looking for your a more over the top portrayal of the Joker or something more action packed too, you're not gonna get it. Which is cool in my book. I like that it's a slow burn. I like that it's psychological. I like that it is more of a character study than it is a straight-up comic book film, except Same. for the one scene where it has to become a comic book film. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, do you have any other thoughts on Joker? No, that's pretty much it. I said my piece. I think yeah. you're good. We like it. Uh, if you're still with us, uh, let us know what you think. Hit us up, slide into our DMs. <laughs> if you don't know it yet because you haven't seen it, check it out. We recommend it. Uh, next topic of discussion... We just literally just watched the hot new film from Rob Zombie, yeah. Three from Hell. Who, in my head, again, I almost just called Robert, Robert Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Yeah, I don't know where the fuck I am. She today. did that when we were watching it. Yeah, and I was like, oh my God, who am I? It's because part of it's in, oh fuck, part of it's in Mexico. And then I just, like, we were talking about how they're not speaking Spanish in Mexico. And then I was thinking about how Robert Rodriguez always does that so right. It is a like, very, like, once upon a time in Mexico sort of conclusion now that you bring it up yeah but yeah he he does do it right he usually gets a good blend of yeah desperado desperado is mostly in English I mean but there's some in there and machete's pretty good about having a good amount of Spanish true uh, anyway, Three from Hell is his epic conclusion to the Firefly Family trilogy. Quote unquote conclusion because that ending I'm like he could just fucking keep going if he wanted to yeah, I've fucking who knows. I'd be fine if has that he was, advertised it as a conclusion. I don't think he has many desires to do another one. From Either the way right. he's made it sound, I think he's pretty. I don't know if he said it verbatim, but I think he's made it sound like this will be the last one. Right on. Um, and especially since Sid Haig is no longer with us, but I guess since Richard Brake is a part of the team too, they could yeah. just continue with those. That's kind of what I mean. Well, who fucking knows? There'll be spoilers for this, too. Um, It is available digitally and for hard copy purchase now. uh, Because if if you're like me and missed every single time it was in theaters. That's why we watched it together. We watched it together. It was fun. Uh, fun. But yeah, if you want to see it, it is available to rent, stream, uh, download, purchase, uh, put on your shelf sleep with whatever you want to do with it but it is the epic conclusion to the firefly family trilogy that began with house of a thousand corpses and then continued with the devil's rejects and you're probably thinking but matt they got shot in an epic blaze of glory to Freebird at the end of the devil's rejects well you're right in classic movie making fashion they barely survived <laughs> i'm just glad they didn't do the thing where they just totally changed the end like what was the it's that fucking rant in misery with uh Annie she mm-hmm. starts like bitching about how like when she wants misery to come back to life 
she's when the first way he does it is he just rewrites the ending so oh, that yeah. it's like it never happened and she's like you can't fucking do that i'm like you're right you can't fucking do that <laughs> so i'm really glad they didn't do that i would rather they just like narrowly survive than just suddenly like they're driving and suddenly they're not shot to death right they are yeah fine. it's like no no yeah so they yeah they actually you see them carried in on stretchers and they're like each person was shot 20 times and it's like well that seems awfully convenient that they're but still they're alive the devil's rejects they're the devil's Hell doesn't rejects. want them. Hell doesn't need them. Um, <laughs> but then eventually, <laughs> um, eventually, uh, Otis and Baby escape from prison with the assistance of their half brother Foxy, now played by Richard Brake, and uh, they uh, decide to figure out what the fuck to do now. <laughs> That's a bit basically the best plot synopsis I can give yeah. because like. I, lo- I I loved this movie. It's actually I think it's in my top three from him. Yeah, fuck yeah. And uh, but it's still like, as soon as they get out of prison, like you like you even said you <laughs> made that joke. Otis has Otis played by Bill Mosley, ha- uh, and Richard Brake's character are having a conversation, and Richard Brake is like, "So what do we do now?" And Bill Mosley is like. I honestly don't have a fucking clue. And Joel Lynn was like, was this Rob Zombie just writing the script? Pretty much. <laughs> and that's like, much. it's kind of the way the movie goes on too. Like things just kind of happen and all of a sudden they introduce like a quote unquote antagon- antagonist that yeah. they need to face off with. In the, and it's all fun. And this movie is also gorgeous looking. I love that it's not like the desaturated, like grimy, like everything's like got bright colors and shit. He, he kind of brought back like both color schemes from Devil's Rejects yeah. and House. Like, where Which was like, really cool. You get like the weird spurts of color from House and then like the grittiness of Devil's Rejects. And it's that's like why in I was the so desert excited. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I was so pumped about that. Yeah, I was like, like, yes, it's oh, like both of them. There's a lot of cool reds and blues and greens in this movie it's a really actually a really pretty movie i really wanted them to bring back fucking dr satan i know they're never gonna do that now. no they're never gonna do that well that's the thing they we were talking about that they retconned that because because well dr satan and earl were a a part of the the firefly family patriarchy and then like you realize that no, Captain Spaulding's actually Baby's dad and the Devil's Rejects, so they kind of retcon well, the whole Doctor Saint. The thing. thing was, I thought Earl was supposed to be like their uncle. I thought no, Earl had a baby. Baby was her name. He knew she was crazy. Tiny was the same. Okay, well, right. pussy licker. Okay, so I, I'm ignoring the song "House of Thousand Corpses" because That's after not "House of Thousand you know Corpses" what I mean. is pussy licker. You know what I mean? No, <laughs> I'm ignoring the songs from. House of a Thousand Corpses. I mean, who would know better than the man who wrote both the no, song and the, the movie? But no, that's the thing, because as he was writing the movie, then that was not the case. You know, Earl, that's not... It is, though, because Earl... No, Mama could... Firefly talks about how Earl was their dad and tried to set Tiny on fire. Huh. I literally watched this movie, like, a few weeks ago. I thought... That's why, like, when in the second movie, all of a sudden, it's like... Wait, which one was Earl? I think he's the guy, the big goggled guy with the axe at the end. He's like one of the experiments, at least. And I only know that because I watched the Rob Zombie commentary too. Mm. None of that is like explained in well, House of a Thousand and Corpses. And the thing is, is like I remember fucking reading about this. I don't remember where I read it or where the fuck I got this from, but I was like, it was probably Wikipedia. So I guess it's shitty that I'm even referencing this at this point. But I thought I had read somewhere that okay, so Captain Spaulding's the dad. 
Otis is not her brother at all. Tiny is. Otis is just a friend of the family who like was running away from something and then ended up staying with them. And then, well, that's the other thing too. In this movie, they kind of retcon it because they come out and say that, that Foxy Ot- is the half brother of both, both Otis of and Baby. Yeah. So I'm just so like, there's the a, fuck is it's happening? like an Evil Dead continuity. You just kind of got to roll go with it. it. Yeah. Um, that was my main complaint, honestly, about this whole movie. Is I'm like, I have no idea who's related to whom and where we even are. So what's happening? <laughs> they go to Max. Well, that's my biggest problem with the movie. Is like they when they escape from everything in the when they're like. They've captured the warden's family, played by Jeff Daniel Phillips, who was great, of course. Mm-hmm. And I think his uh, partner, or the like, the parole officer, was an assault on Precinct Thirteen. Fuck if I know. I could be wrong, but I know he's in that movie because that's everything too. Barry Bostwick from Ro- Rocky Horror was. Yeah, I have no idea. Who I don't know was. who he plays. I wasn't paying attention though. I didn't even know he was in the cast. Um. Everything leading up to the escape from prison, I think, is really good. And it's really grindhousey. It reminds me of Straw Dogs. It reminds me of Last House on the Left. And it's also kind of a women in prison film, too, mm-hmm. with some Rob Zombie weirdness, too. Like Just a, all the exploitation like a movies had ballerina. Fucked. Yes. Fucked each other. Ballerina cat dancing in the vent. Yeah, what the fuck? That was awesome. It was, but I'm <laughs> it's like, like, one where? of my favorite parts of the movie. Well, I guess in that sense, it's kind of like how they brought. House of the Ca- House of Thousand Corpses vibes back because well, like the whole here's the thing Sherry Moon's character uh, baby is batshit in this like mm-hmm. being in solitary confinement has broken her and she is nuts I love it and she yeah this is probably my favorite performance that she's ever given in a Rob Zombie movie and she has a chest tattoo again <laughs> which again loose continuity there's no fucking way she got all those tattoos in prison stick and poke in solitary confinement maybe she did them herself I she had 10 years. I'm a little skeptical. That's fair. <laughs> to get them to look that good. Yeah. She's just Whatever. an impeccable artist. Where I was going with this, life. like, the movie just kind of, like, literally, like, as soon as Otis is like, well, what are we going to do? Or the, uh, Foxy's like, what are we going to do? It's kind of like, yeah, what are we going to do? And they're like, what are we going to do? And they're like, Mexico. And it's like, how the fuck was that not the first thing you think? That's literally the first thing anyone ever thinks of in a prison escape movie. And then they get to Mexico, and it kind of has that weird problem I have with The Devil's Rejects, too, where the movie just kind of stops. And they're like, well, we're going to party in Mexico for a little while, and then we're going to introduce a villain, kind of. Devil's Rejects handles the story, I think, a lot better but honestly, I think I prefer this one over Devil's Rejects. Yeah, it was more fun to watch. Yeah, I think it's very the exciting. Was really fun too. The soundtrack was really good. Uh, the original score was composed by uh, Rob Zombie's musical producer Zeus, and it also has a lot of really good licensed music in it too. Yeah, it was really fun. Uh, yeah, so uh, more thoughts from you about uh, um, I don't Three even, from Hell. I don't know. I feel like I've kind of been piping up with my thoughts. Um, yeah, once we got done talking about the the genealogy of the Firefly family tree. That was, like, all I could think about the whole time. I'm like, how are they half-siblings? Like, where the fuck... No, yeah, because I read the same who? Wikipedia page where, like, it literally says, Otis is not the biological brother. So it's like, well, I guess they are now. Well, and I guess it could just be a thing where it's, like, at this point, even... Like she said, casters are just being like, well, it, you know, they're pretty much brother and sister. We'll just well, that's the thing in Devil's Rejects too. She always refers to him as her brother. Yeah. So. But that was the thing is I thought it was just like a like an affectionate thing, and so maybe that's just how they're known. Maybe like and Mama Firefly 
No, because if Otis wasn't, yeah, no, it doesn't work at all. You can't think of it as like something that's well, it possible. Could be, could be that. Earl's the dad. And Welcome Spalding. to the podcast where we I, just discuss the genealogy. I just want to know. I'm just gonna if I ever meet Rob Zombie, this is all I'm gonna talk about. Just like explain now. He's, and he's gonna tell you exactly what I told you. He's gonna Probably. say it, I. They're soft reboots each time sure. because like rightfully so because Rob Zombie has never been an A list director. Still love you. Well, he like, soft. I think he soft reboots the franchise each tr- time yeah. on the off chance that no one knows what the hell is going on which this one even like really banks on you of seeing the devil's rejects because like that's the other thing too uh spoiler alert sid haig basically has a cameo in this because he was so uh not well at the time of filming so he basically has a cameo and then they're like and then he got the lethal lethal injection and it's like well there goes sid haig (laughs) there goes captain spaulding which uh, I thought Richard Brake was uh, honestly a good fit, though. He, yeah. I mean, he always does really well in Rob yeah. Zombie movies. And no, I dug it. I love this movie. I think it's really fucking good. Um, yeah, I'm. I, that's a, it's exciting. Uh, we had a few problems with the gory bits because a lot. Yeah, I don't think they had the same sort of studio budget. A lot of it is CG. There's another scene where Otis. Uh, skin someone's face off and you see like the skin of the face hanging on the tree and it literally looks like a fucking like computer graphic like flat it didn't look right to me the bullet holes just look real bad a lot of the bullet holes and like squibbing are definitely uh cg but it was still very entertaining a lot of the dialogue i love that they brought back the get fucked up and do fucked up shit line that was really fun yeah i enjoyed that too they had a lot of really good references to the other ones. Yeah, the Dr. Wolfenstein mm-hmm. on the TV, which yeah. was cool. It was a very I just I really like this. If you're that's the thing too, is like this movie is getting mixed reception like all this fucking movies do. If you're a fan of this trilogy, I think you're gonna really like this movie because yeah. it's sort of like it's again, it like it hits all the same notes that you expect it to. But in this movie, whereas like I think the problem we have with well, we have different problems with thirty one because you're fucking bitter about it. But bitter. my problem with thirty one is like Rob Zombie comes up with like loony batshit ideas but doesn't know what to do with them. In this he comes up with some loonier ideas, but actually well, for the most part, until the movie's like, What do we do? <laughs> yeah. What do you think, audience? Should we go to Mexico? That's kind of how it felt. And then they do. But, like, all the, again, like, the set design was really cool. All the Day of the Dead stuff. Mm -hmm. That, like, party scene that was, like, mirrored. Oh, yeah. It was kind of kaleidoscopy. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, it's fun. Again, another, this movie takes place in 1988, but in typical Rob Zombie fashion, it looks like 1970. Yes. Yeah, it's. I think it's better that it's vague. I like that it's vague. I like not being able to tell what t- like what year it is. That's fair. Um, but yeah, two thumbs up from me. And me. We, we agree. agree. Yeah. Yeah, no, check out Three from Hell if you're a fan of Rob Zombie or a uh, fan of the series at least. Or if even if you don't like House of Thousand Corpses, if you're a fan of The Devil's Rejects, I would say still check it out. It's worth checking out. Um, good performances. Uh over the top in the right ways and brutal and disgusting and trashy in the right ways as well with a climax that's exciting, but 
ultimately kind of ends like just stops. <laughs> yeah. But I, I I also that's the other thing too is like when they're like what are we gonna do with this it's like I literally have no idea how they're gonna wrap the, wrap it up and I think Rob was like I don't know how I'm gonna wrap this up so fuck it I think maybe he had like an image of spoiler uh, burning somebody alive in a coffin yeah that seems very him like he oh, did yeah. that on purpose so I think maybe he had that idea and was just like we'll get there somehow yeah like fine. A to B but like A and a half he had no idea yeah. but he had A and C and no B. That's the one. There we go. Killer bees. Hmm. Um, but yeah, check it out. Again, available digitally. You can download it. You can uh, rent it. <clears throat> you can buy it. You can put it on your shelf. You can take me home. Put me on your shelf. That'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But I think that'll do it for this episode. Jolyn, thank you as always. My pleasure. It was fun agreeing with you for once. Yeah, we agree on things sometimes. Graham. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh yeah that'll do it for this episode be sure to hang out with us on monday the 28th uh hang out with us always if you're in the walkers point area of milwaukee wisconsin Woo. uh but yeah it's been fun and i'm going home now 